ask him a lot of times, I said, well, Father, why is it so hard? Lord, why is it so tough? Father, why does it seem like it's always a fight? And, you know, I have fought tooth and nail for every inch of ground that the church has ever gained. It has been a battle. It's a fight. And God just keeps bringing things to my remembrance and He keeps showing me things. One time, one time, I kept having a lot of people that were alcoholics and drug addicts and things. And they would come and and just had an incredible anointing at that time in my life. And... And healings were just taking place every, just every service and, and just such a supernatural mighty move of God in every service and healings were taking place and, and these people were coming in, in with alcohol and, and I know that's one of my talents because I used to be trapped by that mess. And I knew that was one of the talents God gave me. And I and I just couldn't seem to multiply that talent because uh, they would come up and I would pray for them and, and, and they wouldn't get their healing. And I just couldn't understand it. I mean, I just, you know, I was, man, I was laying hands on the sick, man. They were being healed right and left. Uh, man, I was laying my hands on them and they were just instantaneously being healed of all sorts of unbelievable stuff. And... And I just was in the church one day, and I, I was praying. I kept asking God, man, what's going on, God? You know, what? why, God, can I not heal these people? I don't understand it, Lord. And so this had been going on for several weeks. And they were the ones that were not being healed, knowing this was one of my talents that I must multiply it. I wasn't able to multiply it. And so, one of the ladies that began the church with me, Tina Morrow, she had come up that day. She battled a lot. But she'd come up that day, and I had laid hands on her. And I asked her, I said, believe ye, he can do this, Sister Tina. Yes. I said, Sister Tina, believe ye, Jesus can do it. He's going to do it right now. Yes. And I prayed. The Bible says when you stand praying, and I quoted the scripture to her. I said, the Bible says when you stand praying, believe that you receive it and ye shall have it. So after I prayed for that day, for some strange reason, I drove them back that day to the recovery house. And I got out. She said, Pastor, I want you to come in with me. I'm going to be chairing the meeting today. Well, I've been to my share AA meetings, lots of them. Never worked for me. But 
but uh, so I went in and I just stood back out of the way the first thing she did was stand to her feet she was so proud of herself because she was going to chair the meeting in front of her pastor you know and she was excited I was there and she loved her to death she stood right up she said hi my name's Tina Morrow and I'm an alcoholic <laughs> and God said see <laughs> see and it hit me like a ton of bricks see the Lord just said that just see there I've been asking God why why, God? Why is it so hard? Why can't I do it? And if you ask God long enough, He'll show you. And He said, see? There it is, right there. <laughs> and so when we had the next service at church, I told all of those people, I said, don't you never come up here for prayer again and ask God to heal you and say you believe He's going to heal you and go right back out there and, and claim that you're an alcoholic. Because the Bible says, He whom the Son shall set free shall be free indeed. And the Bible says, When ye stand praying, then believe that ye receive it, and ye shall have it. But you ain't going to stand here and tell me you believe Jesus healed you and turn right back around and go in there and claim you're an alcoholic. The Bible says, over in Job 6.25, get it for me right now. Whoever can get there the quickest. Job 6.25. What is it? See that? That's all you need to read right there. How forcible are right words. The Bible has the answer. And I want to tell you today, the Bible says, Let God be true and every man a liar. So I'm going to preach to you today. You might run me off after I'm through. You might want to get a stick and knock my brains out before I'm through. But you're going to have to catch me. But I'm going to help you today. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Acts. The book of Acts. Chapter 24. Yes. Acts chapter 24. Stand with me all over the building for the reading of the Word this morning. We're going to start in verse 25. I want to look at a stark contrast this morning between two groups of people or two people. And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, this was Paul standing before Felix, and as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. Notice, Felix was looking for some convenience. 
Now I want you to turn to Luke chapter 5. I want to show you the difference. I want to show you the difference between Felix and some of the chosen apostles. Luke 5 and 9. says this, For he was astonished and all that were with him at the draft of fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. Who was Simon? Simon was Peter. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. Now listen very carefully to this scripture here. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Father, for the next few moments here this morning, preach this. Would you preach it, Lord? Lord, preach this message, oh God, that I may hear it also. Lord, if there be anything, oh God, in me, Lord, that displeased thee, Lord, cleanse me and purge me from it right now. Let me be but a mouthpiece for the Holy Ghost. Jesus, give us the eyes to see. Open our eyes that we may see the path that you would lay before us. Give us the anointing in our ears to hear your voice in this word, God. Give us the godly wisdom that we need to walk in this path. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. This is a different approach and look at covenant or convenient. Covenant or convenient. The difference here between Felix and Peter was Felix was looking for a more convenient season. But Peter and the rest of the apostles had seen all they needed to see for them to just say, that's it for me. I've seen all I need to see. I'm in. And they forsook all. They left their ships. They left their nets. They left their livelihood. They left their living. They left every single thing that they knew. They were fishers of men. Don't you know that... I don't read anywhere how Peter was a rich man. 
Don't you know boats and things was hard to come by? Don't you know nets cost money? Don't you know fishing gear costs money? It always has. And he, they just left it all. Because Jesus showed himself mighty. Hallelujah. I want to ask you a question at this point of the message this morning. Has Jesus showed himself mighty? Has Jesus done things for you that you just can't explain? Has Jesus ever failed you? Are you certain of that? You know, church, I learned a long time ago, but the Lord has to remind me of it sometimes, that whenever... Well, let me just ask you a question. Whenever you feel like the Lord doesn't hear you, whenever you feel like that you're not getting an answer from God, what's the first thing you should check? What should you be looking for? Sin. Complacency, neglect, whatever the situation may be, whatsoever's not right. Something's wrong somewhere. Most often. And the Bible calls it sin. Because the Bible says whatsoever is not righteousness is sin. Let me give you a small example of that. Let's just break it down. Brother Chris, would you grab me James 4.17, please, sir? Go ahead. Let me tell you something. There was a time in your life when it was okay to do certain things. But it's not okay anymore. Because the Bible says, To him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. You know, Paul said in another place, Before the law, I had not known sin. I had not known lust. Until the law said that thou shalt not covet, lusting was not a sin. But once the law came and said, and he knew it, when you begin... When you know that it's not right, and let me tell you about let me tell you about uh, uh, this modern day world we live in, we will justify what we want to do.
We will make it right some kind of way. We're going to look at that. And I want to also tell you this today. As the pastor of this church, it doesn't matter to me what anybody else out there tells you. I have Bible for what I'm preaching. So when somebody comes to you and says, Oh, that's great, or oh, that's wonderful, or oh, that's good, oh, that's all right, yeah, that looks good, this and that, no, uh-uh. What I'm telling you is right. I got Bible for it. I got Bible for it. Now I want to look. Now we said to him that knoweth to do good, doeth it not. To him it is sin. Is that right? All right, now let's look at this. I want you to go with me to Proverbs 14, 34. Sister Sandra's looking that up for me. Proverbs 14, 34. Sister Sandra, do you have that? Would you read that, please? Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin whatsoever is not of righteousness or is not righteousness, righteousness is sin. And the Bible says sin is a reproach to any people. It's a reproach. I want to tell you something today, church. We need to check our holiness. And we need to guard it. We need to build on it. We need to purify it. And that's what this message is about today. Let me tell you what sin does. Joshua 7 and 10. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up. Wherefore liest thou thus upon thy face? This is after Joshua went over Jordan. This is when he went over. I mean, this is when he was uh, went to uh, 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 Jericho. And they defeated Jericho. The Lord delivered Jericho into their hands. And they won this great big battle with this great big mighty city. And then they went across... To a little place called Ai. And they lost the battle. 36 men lost their lives in Ai. Why was that, Brother Chris? Because one man sinned. I want to tell you something today. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Let me tell you where the lump starts. A little leaven leaveneth your lump. And if there's anybody yoked up with you anywhere in any way, it leaveneth their lump. And it leaveneth the whole lump. As we said before, A chain is only as strong as what? It's weakest link. 
Do you know that a pastor's job is not just to help each individual grow? A pastor's job is not just to stand up here and, and read out of the Bible. A pastor's job is to help the flock to have what they need to be nourished, well-rounded. Wouldn't do me no good to, to feed you all a bunch of hay and a bunch of, and a bunch of grain and not give you nothing to drink. It wouldn't do me no good to just put you in a river load of water over there and no grain and no hay. But it's got to be a well-rounded thing. And each and, and every single one of you has to have what you need. And collectively, we become a strong body. But the Bible says those ones that are weakest need the most attention. Here, after Joshua was laying on his face, he was crying before the Lord, Oh, my God, oh, my God, what in the world? Lord, oh, God, what in the world? Oh, Lord, I've lost 36 men. What's going on? How could you bring us out here and just dump us off in the middle of nowhere? And Lord, you brought us out. Of, oh, God, what am I going to say? Why, we all know the story. Why, the Lord just run over there and, he just said, well, now, Joshua, it's all right, son. It's going to be okay, man. It's all right. It's going to be okay. No, he didn't say that. No. You know what the Lord said? Let me tell you something. This, this facade that God's okay with sin is a lie from hell. God ain't okay with sin. Let me tell you. Let's look and see what he said. He said, get thee up. Wherefore liest thou upon thy face? Israel hath sinned. And they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. For they have even taken of the accursed thing, and have also stolen and disassembled also. And they have put it even among their own stuff. Therefore, now listen carefully to this. Listen carefully to this. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies. But turned their backs before their enemies because they were accursed. Accursed? What? Church, let me tell you about something that has nothing to do with convenience. It's called a covenant. It's a covenant. How many of you know that covenant is stronger than convenience? Any of you that's ever been married and really believe in what marriage stands for has to have that down or you ain't going to make it, honey. Because marriage ain't no convenience. Marriage is a covenant, Jack. How many of you know that we're married? Yeah, you're married. You're just a widow on this earth. Sister, you're married. I know you're married because I married you. Remarried you. Renewed your vows with your king up there. Amen. 
You too. You too. You too. I hadn't meant I do. You're married. I know you're married. You're married here and you're married. I know. I saw you baptized. And both of you are married to the king. See that? You're in a contract, folks. I'm going to tell you something. This may sting a bit. It don't matter what you think. It doesn't matter how you feel. You need to understand that. Because it ain't about you. It's about Him. It ain't about me. Do I know why God does everything He does? Are you kidding me? No. There's a whole lot of things God does. There's a whole lot of things God desires and a whole lot of things God requires. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. But you know what? There's certain things I don't need to understand. Obedience is greater than sacrifice. So whenever you're sacrificing something for God, your obedience is even greater than that. I'm telling you, I'm preaching this to me. I'm getting it. If no one else in this place is getting this message today, I'm getting it. You ain't going to never get too holy for God. Do you know that? I want to tell you something. I'm not here to beat nobody up today. I'm proud of everybody in this church. I've seen everybody make strides in this church. Everybody that's come in this church. And I'm proud of every one of you. But I'm just telling you, we need to go further. We need to go further. We need to concentrate on the holiness of this church. Listen to what the Lord said here. Up! Sanctify the people. And say, sanctify yourselves against tomorrow. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in the midst of thee. O Israel, thou canst not stand before thine enemies until ye take away the accursed thing from among you. Let me tell you something. I don't care what anybody says. uh, You need to be holy. You need to emanate holiness wherever you're at. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. It's paramount. We're not just any church, folks. We are a holiness church. We are not just any church. That's why they're not going to come up in here in a pair of shorts. He's the king, folks. He's a holy God. And he's not going to be disgraced in this house. Until you take away the accursed from among you, the accursed thing from among you. Sister Sharon, would you look up Hosea 4, verse 6 for me, please? Sister Gwen, would you get me 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 6? Dylan, would you get me 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 16? 
and 17. Sister Sharon, would you read that please for me? You hear that? My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. I want to tell you something, church. You know, my message is not popular sometimes, but I don't ever want to stand before Jesus one day and have Him say, You destroyed my people for lack of knowledge because you didn't tell them what I said. You didn't tell them what I wrote. And they were destroyed because of it. Thank you for that. Go ahead. You see that? Did you get that? Read that again, sister. No, go. Yeah. Go back up further. My people. Listen carefully to me. There's a lack of knowledge in this land. There's a lack of preaching knowledge. I want you to know sin is sin. And it's not acceptable in the eyes of He to whom we have to do. It is not acceptable. No sin shall enter into heaven. None. Mm. Thank you for that, sister. Sister Gwen, would you read that please? 1 Corinthians and 7, yes. Okay, hold on just a minute. Your glory is not good. He said, hey, know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Just a little. Once you put a little bit in it, You can't call it unleavened anymore. It's leavened. And so what does it say, the next next verse there, sister? Purge out, therefore, the old leaven, that you may be a new lump. Is that it? Amen. Amen. Even as you're unleavened, even as Jesus Christ, our Passover... Was sacrificed for us. Okay. The temple. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 16 and 17. Would you read that for me, Dylan? Verse 16, 17, buddy. Hold on just a second. Very good. Hold on just a minute. Know ye not? You're the temple of God. You're the temple. I'm the temple of God. This is not the temple. This is a building where the temple comes together. We are the temple. And that the Spirit of God dwells, dwelleth within you. 
Go ahead, son. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. You know why we do some of the things that we do? Do you know why that we do the things that we do? The holiness standards that we keep? You know why that we don't put marks on our bodies and paint our faces and things like that? Men don't get tattoos and and earrings and things like that. Do you know why? Because I'm mean. Huh? Because I'm a terrible guy and I just want to press down on you and be all mean and hateful. You know why that is? Because nobody knows where to draw the line. And if you even let a little leaven in your lump, somebody else is going to take it further. If I let somebody in with shorts down to here, the next pair is going to be up to here. And then the next pair is going to be up to here. And then the next pair is going to be up to here. And then I'll have Daisy Duke walking around in here. And then I'll have somebody in a thong walking around in here. And the next thing you know, we'll be a naked church. That's right, son. It sounds kind of funny. But there's a naked church over in Tyler, Texas, son, where they come in the church and they take all their clothes off and they're naked. That's why it's important. You listen to that woman right there. She's a good woman. She's trying to live for her God. you got a good grandma right there. Don't tell her I said that because I'll deny it. you got a good grandma right there. She's trying to live for God. Amen. And she's pretty wise in that Bible. You've got to watch these, this world, Dylan. Because, son, they're not following God. A lot of people are playing church. We're the temple of God. And the temple of God is holy. So we don't go putting tattoos on if you got them, there ain't nothing you can do about it now. But in God's eyes, you don't have them. Because old things are passed away, brother. All things are become new. See, you was washed in... Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. You was washed in the blood of the Lamb. All that was washed off. This world can see it, but they're not looking through spiritual eyes. And God's looking through spiritual eyes. That stuff's gone, brother. But I want to tell you, you don't go put no more on because that God could see. Amen. Amen. But let me tell you, ladies, you don't need makeup. I don't care what this world says. You're gorgeous. God made you beautiful. Praise God. You know what? I don't look like I used to look. And some of, some of you would say, praise God. Some of you would say, yeah, sure don't. Boy, I'll tell you what. But you know what? Hey, I'm not trying to win no beauty contest in this world. I want to look good to Jesus. I want God to look at me and say, you're looking good to me, son. There's a whole lot of people in this world out there that may not be worldly beautiful. But I'll tell you right now, if they're beautiful to Jesus, hallelujah, before at some point soon and very soon, that's all that's going to matter. Amen. There's a reason. Church, we got the truth. We need to hold that standard up. They need to see what's required. 
if we send a mixed signal, then we're doing them more harm than good. The Bible says in 619 of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God? You're not your own. Sister, Sister Beverly, can I ask you a question? What feels better? Somebody walk up and say, Woo, honey, you knocked my eyeballs out. You look so good. You look good, honey. Woo, you looking fine, mama. Yeah. Or the Holy Ghost just walk up and go, Woo. Hallelujah. And you just, man, the power of the Holy Ghost hits you. Just got you dancing all over the building. Praise God, jumping and shouting. Hallelujah. What feels better? What feels, what lasts longer? What means more? Praise God. Let me tell you, that devil will always be right there with a compliment, man. He'll always be right there trying to set you up. But you know, it ain't nothing like when the Holy Ghost compliments you. Just can't stand to stay away from you, just grabs a hold of you. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6.19 or 6 or 9.13, Do ye not know that they which minister about holy things live of things of the temple? And they which wait at the altars or partaker with the altar? 2 Corinthians 6.16, And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. And I will be their God. They shall be my people. Praise God. Let's look at a scripture over there in Deuteronomy called 22 and 5. Deuteronomy 22 and 5. I want you to look at this. This is a reason... Why our women wear dresses. This is God, folks. This ain't me. This is God. Let me ask you a question first. How many of you understand that there's a distinct difference between women and men? Have y'all ever realized that? Have y'all realized that there's really, there's risen, there really is some difference between men and women? Y'all, y'all realize that? Let's look what the Bible says. Verse 5. How many, how many of you got that? Y'all there? The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man. Neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all that do so in the church are an abomination to the Lord thy God. 
Let's read that again. The woman shall not wear that which pertains unto a man, neither shall the man put on a woman's garment in church. It's not in y'all's Bible. Dylan, does it say in church in your Bible there? It didn't say in church right there? Is that right? Let's read it like Jesus wrote it. The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man. Didn't say if it's convenient. Neither shall a man put on a woman's garment if it's convenient. For all, all that do so are abomination. It didn't say it is an abomination. It said they are an abomination. All that do so are abomination unto the Lord thy God. Let me tell you something, church. Don't just put your dress on and come to church. You need to put that dress on if you're a woman and leave that dress on. Period. Because God said that if you don't, it's an abomination unto God. You are an abomination unto God. It's an abomination for a woman to put on a man's apparel, and it's an abomination for a man to put on a woman's. Let me tell you something. There's a distinct difference. No, there's not women's pants and men's pants. No, there's not uh, men's dresses and women's dresses. No. There is a woman in this country... In this land, the land that was begun many years ago, which is the most blessed nation in the entire hemisphere, in the entire world, was blessed by God Himself. Not Allah, not Buddha, not uh, some of them other gods that they follow around. His name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And always, from the beginning of this nation, women wore dresses. And men wore pants. And when all that started changing, the rebellion set in. And rebellion is enmity with God. It's witchcraft. The Bible says it is as witchcraft. So I'll tell you what, I'm going to make a deal with you. You ladies keep your dresses on, and I won't wear one. <laughs> Dylan said, me too. Me and Dylan both will make, a, make an agreement with you. Neither one of us will wear a dress if y'all will quit wearing pants, not wear pants. You know what? But you may say, well, this world would say, but, but, but... Working in a dress at my job is not convenient. It's hard. It's hard for me to work in a job. I had somebody tell me not too long ago, well, you can't do yard work in a dress. Really? Are you kidding me? This nation was built on yard work. This nation was built on field work. This nation was built on farming and all that. And women have been working on farms and working in gardens for Centuries in dresses. What do you need to tie it to get at the bottom for? You're not standing on your head. Well, you don't wear a. Well, you're not supposed to be plowing back there, woman. If you listen, if you got a man that won't plow, you need to get you another man. <laughs> get you a better mule. 
You, what you need to do is tie that, uh, tie them skirts up a little higher and knock that man's brains out that you're working with over there. It needs to get up behind that mule and say, giddy up. It ain't no free ride for men either. I'm going to tell you. Men need to be men and women need to be women. And that's how it works. That's how God intended it. And that's how it should be. Amen. But let me tell you something. No, it may not be convenient for you to wear a dress in your job. Whatever the job may be. But I want you to go to 2 Timothy with me. I've got some Bible for that. 2 Timothy chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 2. Everybody go there with me. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. Now remember, Dylan, don't be wearing no dress because we promised them, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got a couple smiles out of him today, though. <laughs> no, he looks like he's going to be a manly man to me. 2 Timothy chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 2. Now listen carefully, everybody there? And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Now listen, this is where we're fixing to break off in a little different direction for a minute. But we're going to go right on down for right now. Thou, therefore, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You see that? It may not be easy for women to wear dresses in the positions that they're in or whatever the situation is. But God didn't say nothing about it always being convenient or easy. He said, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And nobody said this is going to be a cakewalk. I can assure you my job ain't no cakewalk. Thou therefore endure hardness. Then you go to verse 4. It says, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Look, though we have to work, though we have to do things to support ourselves, yes, we do, even Paul. Even Paul had to break aside sometimes and make some tents to make some money. I mean, he had to break aside every now and then. He had to, go, he had to break aside. He had to keep a job sometimes. But that doesn't mean that when he started his job, man, he started... Uh, 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 becoming a, some kind of stripper or something, or he didn't start putting on some kind of crazy uh, stuff and, and, and looking like the world just because he was in a job, you know. The people he worked with may not have been, uh, may not have looked just like him. But Paul was going to keep the standards. He practiced what he preached. Amen. And listen, folks. The Bible says a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. If you're doing one thing in the house of God, doing another thing on your job, let me tell you something, that's sending a mixed message. That's dangerous, 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 because you're teaching them that it's okay, and it ain't okay. Let's go further. And if a man also strive for the masteries, yet is he not crowned, except he strive lawfully. The Oh, whoops, man, here comes that can. Listen carefully, church. The husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. See that? Very next verse. Now, let me talk to you for just a moment. I'm going to close soon. Don't get all scared. 
I want to talk to you for just a minute about passing the baton. How many of you ever seen a relay race? You know, <laughs> there's several things about that scenario right there that I'm, I need to bring to light. They know shortcuts in God. You can't grab the baton and run straight across the field to the other side. You got to go around the track, like the rest of them do. You have to strive lawfully. You can't cheat. You got to do it exactly like it's the race is designed. But I'm going to tell you right now. You watch all relay races. You can have the fastest people on the planet running in your relay team. Where are most of those races won and lost at? The handoff. That's right. One guy's running, and he reaches back, and another guy's running, and he reaches that baton and puts it right in his hand, and the handoff is the key. You drop the baton, you're done. You'll never catch up. I want to ask you a question. It ain't the start. It's not the sprint. It's the handoff. So let me ask you a question. If I tell you that the Bible declares we shouldn't mark ourselves and have tattoos and pierce our bodies and all that sort of thing, but yet somebody else comes along and says, well, it's okay, a little is okay. Well, it's okay, you can pierce one of your ears. It's okay, you can have one tattoo as long as it's on your top right left shoulder or top left shoulder, top right shoulder, or if it's, or if it's in a place where, you know, whatever. You know what's happening? There's something wrong with the handoff there, you see. I'm handing the message pure. That's what makes it so hard to take. Because I'm handing the pure message right here. This is it. This is the pure message. Ain't no leaven in this. Ain't no leaven in it. But here's the thing. The Bible says that you are not to add to nor take away anything out of this Bible. Because he said that he that added to it, he would add to the plagues of this book to him. He that take it away from him, he'd take away his name out of the Lamb's book of life. Isn't that what the Bible says? So you don't add to it nor take away from it. And though I know that, you know, sometimes you want to be uh, 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 lenient and things like that, but God's not lenient. He's long-suffering to usward because it's not His desire that any man should perish, but that all should come under repentance. But He's not lenient. And anything less than holy ain't going to make it. And we are to let our light so shine before men that they may see our good work, not half good work, not three-quarter good work, not seven-eighths good work, but our good work. They need to see something going on in the graveyard, honey. Something going on. What's going on with you? Well, you look so different. I don't, what's going on, man? I mean, boy, now you're just in dresses all the time, man. Well, look, old Bill over there took his dress off. Now he's back in pants like a... Well, what's going on around here? You know what? Let me tell you what. You want to get some opportunity to witness? There's your opportunity right there. What in the world going on around here? I'll tell you, I, 
there's something going on. Let me tell you, they're going to notice. They're going to notice. And that's when you stand up and you say, you know what? I'm doing it for Jesus. Man, because God wants a woman to be a woman. God wants a man to be a man. There needs to be a, a complete separation. And the Lord said that a woman's not to put on a man's garment. Neither is a man to put on a woman's garment. This splitting hairs. And I want to tell you right now, this world is a mastery. This nation is a master at hair splitting. Through the hair splitting method, there's been a thousand churches born. A thousand faiths. But we don't need to split hairs and try to figure out a way we can justify what we want to do. If you're going to err, err on the side of caution. Let me tell you how, let me tell you how that, uh, uh, Adam, in the handoff, how many of you know it began right there? Adam had a handoff. You know what the Lord told Adam? Thou shalt not eat of this tree. You know what Adam told Eve? Thou shalt not touch the tree. Jesus didn't tell Adam not to eat the tree. I mean, not to touch the tree. He said not to eat of the tree. Adam told her, don't touch the tree. Because... To touch, to eat the tree, you had to touch the tree. So you see, in the handoff, he erred on the side of caution. He just told her, stay away from that tree. I was talking with uh, God, and he said to stay away from that tree. So don't even go near it. You know the rest of the story. Church, I'm trying to tell you today, how we get to point B from point A. We got the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah. Woo-hoo. We got the Holy Ghost in this church. Yes, sir. Reed. We got the Holy Ghost. But I want to tell you, we need to continually check our house, check our fruit, check our life. There's leaven in our lumps, and we need to purge out the old leaven. We need to keep it out. We need to purify it. If your engine seems to be sputtering, there's some water in the gas somewhere. Something's wrong with the motor. There's a loose wire. There's a loose connection. Listen, let me tell you something. The little lights they got on, they used to have gauges where you could see what was going on with the car. Men look at them gauges. Women look at a light. I don't know. Look at the pretty little red light. Why? Oh, look, a green light, a yellow light. It's this thing is a decorated car. I just, uh, I love my, my whole dashboard lit up. I love it. It's beautiful. It's just beautiful. When I drive down the road, all of a sudden my car blew up. I'm not talking about women that know something about cars. But a lot of women, that they look at them and they go, I don't know, man. I don't know what the light means. I don't know. It's, it's, I'm going to check the engine. Uh, you know, I mean, it's modern day. Check it, you know. Check it, man. Check it out, you know. I thought it was just being cool. There's reason. Listen, man, when the car's running rough, first thing you start doing is saying, oh, something going wrong with my car. I don't what is it? Well, it's got just a little, seems like it's a little bit of hesitation when I step on the gas. Or You know. How, why do you know? Because you drive it all the time. That's how you know. You know when something's wrong. Well, let me tell you, this Bible right here can tell you when something's wrong with each one of, of us. 
Because when you stand next to that holy Bible, I mean, it'll show you. That's the owner's manual. Check it. It'll tell you what's wrong with your engine. You might be running the wrong type of oil in it. You might need checked oil. Maybe you need some more oil in it. Have you checked your oil lately? There's a message back there like that. Seemed like I remember. The Bible says that we're the temple of the Holy Ghost. We need to keep it pure strength. If there's things you've been putting off, you need to get after it. Because I want to tell you something. What we do individually affects us collectively. All of us. I love what I feel in this church. But I'm going to tell you, we can go further. And when the Lord brings things like this to my mind... That means there's a reason for it. How many of you know that this Bible is for correction? It's for reproof? It's for encouragement? And I want to ask you another question before I close today. First of all, I want to say this. Our job, as the Bible told us a while ago, is to hand this message to hand it off to other people. And you're going to hand a lot more word off to other people by what you're doing than what you're saying. What you do will speak much louder than anything you'll ever say. That's a fact. Let your light so shine. Shine it, man. God has already lit you up. I mean, He lit you up like a big old high beam airplane light. Let it shine. Don't let that devil come in there and put no blinders on you. Blinders on people so they can't see that light shine. Let them see it. It don't matter what they think out there. If they think, well, oh, well, that's one of them crazy cults you part of over there. Don't worry about all that nonsense. They've been talking that stuff since the beginning of time. Don't worry about that. They don't know what you got. They ain't in here to see you jumping all over this place and anointed and, and, and with the Holy Ghost fell on you and you can't even can't even speak, can't even talk. I can't. I'm scared. I have to get plumb out of the way. And keep getting run over by some of these crazy Holy Ghost filled people around here. It's dangerous. That's a dangerous woman right there, boy. She gets in the Holy Ghost. I got to get out of the way. <laughs> Amen. That's what's important. Now I want to ask you a question. Have I ever preached a message that encouraged you? Have I ever preached a message that picked you up out of the mully grubs? Have I ever preached a message 
that got you back up when old devil had you knocked down? Don't y'all forget that when I preach these messages. See, I'm smarter than the average bear. I'm going to bring to remembrance all things whatsoever I've said unto you. <laughs> because I don't want you to shoot the messenger and think, well, I'm just pressing down on you. I didn't say another stuff to press down on you. I'm just helping you realize, man, that if you don't watch that devil, he'll talk you out of going to that next level. He'll keep you right there with just a little bit of leaven. When you're almost at the brink, you're ready to break into new territory. You're ready to break into new ground, ready to break into the next level. But the devil knows if he can just keep a little bit of leaven right there, he can keep you right where you are. Break out of that. Push that devil back. Kick him right in his teeth to get back, devil, in the name of Jesus. And break through to that next level. It's like breaking into a whole new realm of Holy Ghost. That's what I want. Amen. For every one of us. The things that the people of God try to hold on to. Try to hold on to it. That is hindering you from seeing a blessing that you can't fathom. It ain't worth it. I got me a little sign yesterday over at Pasadena. I was over stomping around your neck of the woods. Got me a sign over that says, Anything I have ain't worth your life. And it's got a gun pointed on his sign. <laughs> I want to ask you a question. No, I'm not going to ask you a question. I'm going to tell you straight out. Anything you're holding on to ain't worth your life. Don't be don't be fooled. It could cost you your life. Because the Bible says, I'll read this in closing. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. For they verily for a few days chase us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. The aged women, uh-oh, uh-oh. The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness. Not false accusers, not giving to much wine, teachers of good things. Ladies, please turn up the holiness. Please turn it up. This nation, these girls in this world today don't have a chance. They don't have a chance, man. They don't know what they're doing's wrong. They have nothing to compare it to. Show them what it's like. Show them what it's like that it can be done. That serving Jesus can be cool. And whether it is or not, you don't care. Do it anyway. Be the standard. Be the standard. Be the mark that they press toward. You know what? If you're the only one that stands out and you're completely different, you're giving them something to measure to. Be the measurement.
Let me tell you something. When all those girls see you getting all the compliments and being treated like a lady, not just like a girl or a female, but like a lady, buddy, them girls will be like, they may try to play it off like they're cool and hip and don't like all that, but there's a part of them that likes that. And who knows, that could stir a little seed up in them and cause it to grow. Be that holiness. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting, that is completing, holiness in the fear of God. You're wondering why all this stuff been preaching to the ladies today? It's only me and Chris and Dylan here. Oh, I'm getting preached to. You better believe it. And I'll tell you. Well, you know, I want to tell you. 